Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So hello and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll. I've just realized how fucking rough I sound. <laughs> I started that. Uh, couple of weeks off. Because of me, because I'm not well, I'm long COVID it up. Um, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad. Keeping busy with work. Um, obviously, cricket's finished. So I'm just doing some, I'm actually taking part in my in my courses at the minute. Um, and then just football's back. So it's just football games and doing a bit of media stuff there. So keeping busy that way. You're getting very cricket heavy every time I ask you. I'm, I'm not impressed. So, it's weird because someone said to me yesterday, and in fact, and I know this is not a visual podcast, but I'm wearing it now. So I'm wearing my cricket hoodie at the moment that I never wore at once during the summer because they give me a hoodie when it's the summer when I don't need it. Now it's winter. I'm wearing it constantly. So, yeah, that's a good idea for cricket way. Yep. <laughs> um, so I, um, I'd say I, I've not been well. I've barely left house. And on Saturday we had a gig. A comedy gig, so I was like, right, fuck it, we'll be sat down, it'll only be like an hour, we might as well go, we had a, a hotel, so I was like, I can rest in the hotel, so we're, like all Friday, stayed in the hotel, Saturday until the gig, just stayed in the hotel, relaxed, did nothing, I was like, what damage can I do, turns out a lot, I found out on Sunday, a lot, sitting there, watching a comedy gig and having two pints afterwards can fucking kill you. <laughs> so I've, yeah, I'm hanging. So um, we're going to record this in separate parts because of that. We'll try and knit it all together and hopefully it'll all work well and everything will be great. So should we start a bit of news? Yeah, crack on. This is the news. So we'll kick off, first of all, with uh, my usual wading into things on social media. Let's kick something off. So on Sunday, you might have to back me up with dates and, and times because I'm all over the place. I think it was, I think it was Sunday, yeah. Sunday was World Mental Health Day. Yeah. And uh, Sam Wobden Academy replied to a question on their Instagram saying, how do they deal with mental health? And a reply came back basically saying, be grateful what you've got. Some people had to go to war kind of thing. Instantly, I saw my ass. So I put a tweet out there with a screenshot of it, which a few people replied to. We had likes, we had retweets on it. As you know, anyone who follows the Rock and Roll account will know I'm very passionate about mental health and I've been to some pretty shit places. And the reason that I'm often pick, quick to pick it up when 
a player or a celebrity says it is because when I was at my lowest point, it was seeing players talk about their struggles and the things that they've done that really helps drag me back out. So I wanted to really highlight that and say that I didn't think it was good advice. I didn't think it was a good thing. <clears throat> we weren't really 100% sure who had replied to the thing, so who would put the picture in the, the comment up. Um, Sam Warburton's DM me directly and he sent me screenshots of an email that he's also sent to somebody else. Now he's taking full responsibility to it and said that it, it was a slight misunderstanding on his part, whereby that's a, a coping mechanism he uses for when he doesn't feel like uh, physically up to doing things and, and, and feels like things are getting on top of him. Obviously he's um, also said that he maintains his levels of working with people with, with mental health. He's done work in the past. He's talked about his own mental health issues in the past. He's donated. He um, talked very personally, to be fair, on, on the DMs, much more than, than I expected. Um, he did say he didn't want to address it again publicly. I give him more here, but it was down to us what we wanted to do with the reply. Obviously, I don't want to send the reply out there as a whole because I say he went into some sort of personal things in there. So I just wanted people to know that Sam had responded um, is a way of where he had perhaps misspoke a little bit and is committed to doing further mental health things in the future. So that's just a nice little start off. Yep. And to the point, I think it was. I think it was more the case of, like you said, a lot of people seeing it, not necessarily jumping to guns because. You, because of something he said, but like, like you just said, not knowing whether it was done by him or someone who runs the Twitter for the account, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, sorry, the Instagram. So we're just getting to the bottom of that. But, but like, I know it was it was highlighted, like highlighted by other people as well. In the case of like, there's players that Sam's played with that have been open about their their mental health as well in the past, and it was like surprised that had it come from him. But he's it, everyone's human at the end of the day, and they like. So I'm not saying what he said. I don't think it was necessarily as harsh as it sounded looking at the words. I think like you have to, like the way I took it was I get where he's coming from that some people have gone through dark places, but you can't compare dark places, if that makes sense. So one person's dark place in in regards to like their mental health is not going to be on comparison to what people went through in the war, but then some people that went through the war could be in a darker place than some people that suffer mental health. So it's all an individual case, if that makes sense. Um, but it's good to know that he's obviously acknowledged it. He's replied to you. I know he's replied to a few other people as well, I believe, to to say, like, this is where he stands on it. So uh, fingers crossed going forward, it's, uh, it's going to be addressed. Sorry, but I had major issues then. I'll have to edit this bit out. <laughs> the dog barked. I went for a move and I lost the screen completely. <laughs> So yeah, and that's the major thing. He said that he's got in contact as well with the person who um, who submitted the question to explain the stance and uh, that he had misunderstood the question. Mm-hmm. As I said, because of the way things are with, especially when you're in a dark place, the slightest thing can throw you further down there. And so I say for me, it was sort of players like, and you say players he's, he's played with, so like Tom James in the past, helped me massively, seeing Phil Steele talk about it, seeing John Kerwin, you know, players who were at the top of their game, mm-hmm. you know, players who, who reached the absolute pinnacle, talk about their mental health and, and the way they got over it, especially if you're at the point where you feel sort of, you're somehow weaker, you're somehow not as strong because you're dealing with these things. Well, actually, if these people can do it on the bigger stage of the all in what's stereotypically you know a masculine sport because that toxic toxic masculinity can kick in then as well and mm-hmm. you, you feel worse for it so i'm glad that sam redressed it with the person um obviously it's his decision not to do that publicly because he said he doesn't want to give it any more air time but i i felt it was something that needed to be challenged um for people to to not know as you know they not feel like they're alone not, not feel like they're on their own and fighting that battle because it can make a massive difference. And it did to me, you know, without social media, and I've said this before, I don't know if I'd be here now. So mm. we'll move on from that. Um, 
one that we missed while we wasn't recording. A slightly explosive one. So back in May, just before pulling out of the Wheel Squad, Corey Hill um, had an incident, shall we say, where the police were called because him and a few mates were trying to kick in a door, throw in beer bottles at a window. Uh, inside uh, a mother and some young kids, and he claims that it's the wrong house. Seemingly, barely a slap on the wrist. Yeah, there was. I think there wasn't even a slap on the wrist because, like, at the end of the day, like, like they said, it was the wrong house. So it's an easy mistake to make, I suppose. Like, it, it doesn't appear from what's come out that any investigation has gone in, into what actually happened and why they were actually looked, why why they were at the wrong house. It yeah. doesn't appear any of that's even been addressed. I, I don't think we were at the wrong house. No. That sufficiently covers your excuse as to why you're smashing up a house. No, it's like, like it was going to be a different house. That's fine. Don't worry. But about it. But it's like someone going, "Sorry, mate, I shot the wrong guy." Yeah, just, I'll, just, I'll, don't worry about it. But you yeah. were trying to shoot him. Yeah, like it, it's utterly bizarre. Yeah, and then we've got the extra issues. So. On the back of the, the incident, uh, I believe that night slash morning after the Blues, I get away with that because it was still the Blues then. Yeah, Blues were, blog spot, wasn't it, or something it was called? Were emailed. Yeah, on that evening, yeah, sorry, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that, that night, so sort of early hours of the morning, which they picked up on the Monday morning. That was then passed on to the WRU. And despite those two things... He was still included in the squad for the game against Zebra. Yeah. And he was still included in the Welsh Summer Camp, which he eventually dropped out of because he got his dream moved to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a direct quote from him. It's always been my dream to play in Japan. So it's a bizarre situation. Nobody comes out of it looking good. Nope. I know some people have challenged what... Uh, the Blues blog as as uh, put out there. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be that the Blues kind of said that an investigation was closed after two days. Some people are saying they didn't actually see that and that's just the way... He's shown it. remorse and apologised and tried to contact the person apparently. this is I think this is what was in the in the, in the the release. It was yeah. he he apologised at the time, understood his actions, um, the, the made contact with He's never directly apologised to her. There's been an indirect apology through the club. Yeah. And he offered her a hundred pound on the doorstep as a as a way of making up for things. Which if you've got traumatized kids, hundred quid doesn't do a lot to end that. No. Nope. Um, some people suggested the investigation was still ongoing when he left for Japan, which seems pretty shit because they knew he was going. Well, that investigation was ongoing, so you think they would have maybe dealt with that a little bit sooner so that there could have been some sort of repercussions. The blue statement says that there was an investigation was fully completed, which then seems to contradict us slightly as well. And the WRU was saying they are happy with what the blues did. At no point between this incident in May and it coming out last week, as any major media outlets like Wales Online or anything like that seem to report that which is a bit odd because it seems to have been a bit of an open secret. A lot of people seems to know that that was the case. So I think there's added to the people who don't come out of this very well is perhaps the biggest newspaper in Wales. Yeah, I think you add to that. It's like if they were aware of it, it should have been something that was run, even if it was a player, not necessarily who it was. But then you also look at it and think, surely when the the victim didn't get what she wanted at the time in the sense of like a proper investigation uh, and apology, blah, 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 that she'd make it known that she'd make it public. Um, and then at that stage, pen newspapers, etc., are going to want to be involved and going to be ha- have stories. Um, and you think that the powers that be would want to do something about it. Maybe they've done something about it and they're doing something about it is going, yes, Corey, off you go. We'll let you out your contract. You can go to Japan. Um, however, that's not addressing the problem of the victim, is it? Well, it, I wonder if there was 
in some cases, people are going, well, if we don't acknowledge it, maybe it'll just go away. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, with Corey going away to Japan, that would have helped the effort as well. And now that it's come out, everybody looks pretty poor. Yep. It does if, not look good at all. As if they just tried to sweep under the carpet and not address the actual problem. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll wait for the news now. There's an ongoing police investigation, but that police investigation isn't into Corey it's into the way that the police dealt with the initial incident. Mm. So I can't see a hell of a lot coming out of that. No, no, same. But I think it's incredibly shocking how far it was allowed to go before anyone brought that up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I suppose while, we, while we're chatting about the team formerly known as Cardiff Blues, um, we probably should mention the, the news from today. Yeah, so a father-son reunion happening down at Cardiff House Park. Uh, Thomas Young joining Dai, the latest signing to come through the door at Cardiff Rugby. I've got my views on it, but as the Not Blues fan, I'll, I'll throw it to you to, uh, to open up. Literally nobody in this world saw that coming. That was the <laughs> most unlikeliest of transfer ever. Um, <clears throat> it's weird, isn't it? Because Thomas Young on form over the last couple of years is a seven that is there or thereabouts to make a Welsh squad, right? His footballing abilities, probably all-round natural footballing abilities, probably the closest thing to Tipperick that we've got as a seven. Maybe you add into that Foxy. And um, Cabby maybe is like his, fo- his footballing ability. But Blues have got 478 sevens at the minute. So I don't really see why we need to have another one. Um, the only thing I can see is potentially somebody like Ollie Robinson's going to be leaving. Maybe he's out of contract. Um, obviously you've got the likes of when, when they're all fit, Nabs and Ennis Jenkins going to be with the Welsh squad, Thomas potentially as well, the three of them could be as part of it um, once he's back in Wales um, so yeah, I get like it was always going to happen, the day that Dying was, was named the Blues coach again it was obvious that his, one of his first names was going to be his son, like it was obvious he was going to come back but it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily st- I don't necessarily understand it when it comes to like the bigger picture for Wales as well. But especially when you look at something like Ireland, like, and I know it's more control of it in Ireland, but somebody like Joey Carberry was at Leinster, wasn't playing. They go, Ireland go, we need him playing. Joey, go to Munster. Yes, he got injured, but he's going to be playing at Munster because he wasn't going to be picked ahead of the, like of like Sexton at Leinster. Surely something like that has got to come in and go in. Actually, we need him playing in Wales, but we need him playing consistently in Wales, so let's go and give him to the Scarlets, we've only now got Dan Davis, or like, if there was no um, Basham and and what um, what's his name? Griffiths. Ollie Griffiths, sorry, I was going to tell you what things then. Um, Ollie Griffiths at Dragons, he goes there. I don't see, like, the Blues don't need another seven, unless there's going to be a massive clearer of the sevens that we've got, or back row that we've got in the summer. Well, I wonder if uh, Will Boyd might be the one as well to to be mm. with the Scarlets, desperate for another seven at the minute. Will Will Boyd go back? Mm. You know, I know the terms that he left on weren't great because obviously he was just left for his contract to run out and yeah. not be offered. So it wasn't the best terms that he left Park the Scarlets on. But I wonder if maybe he'd go back there. Mm, it could but well be. Like, as it's a, definitely it's lopsided at the moment. That that's Cardiff squad. Yeah, I think I think the best the best um, analogy I can give it is is a t- is a tweet that I don't know who it was who sent it out today or or who I saw tagged in it was a meme from Friends, and it was the this picture of when Phoebe's trying to teach Joey French, and it and it's like where they're having a conversation in regards to second row on a hooker, second yeah. row on a hooker, second row on a hooker, and then it just goes. We've signed another open side. And it's like just completely just doesn't make sense as to why we need that in the squad, especially when we haven't got a front five. It was Ian Frugio who, uh, who put the tweet out. It was it, it was his meme. Mm. Um and yeah, it's bang on. I, I retweeted it uh, earlier on today. And it is it's bang on. Like I don't when you're crying out for certain positions, you, there's definite weaknesses there that you can spot in our team. You can't say that the back row and especially open side. Is what, if he's going to bring a back row in as well, you think you've got well, we need a real big ball carrier. Yeah, you need, need what, one thing the Blues haven't got, isn't it? We haven't got eight. Yeah, you haven't replaced Nick Williams. That's, no. that's the, the only thing in that back no. row. So, I mean, it's not a bizarre side in as much as obviously he's, Dye, he's a Dye great player him. and he'll be fantastic for us. But he just sort of, like you said, he's a bit lopsided in the sense of 
doesn't necessarily, it's not a player when, it's not a position we needed to fill then. I've always felt as well, this might be a bit controversial, because of who his dad is, there's been a bit more favouritism towards Thomas. Now, he's always been a good player. He's a very good player. But even when he got his wheels call up, I thought Dan Thomas was mm. a better flanker. Mm-hmm. And I think if Dan Thomas had been Dar Young's kid, there would have been calls for him to be in the Welsh squad. Um, there is that, but I also think, and, and I'm not saying this because it was his dad who was the coach, but there were also times when he was playing at Wasps with, um, oh, what's his name? George Smith. When George Smith was at Wasps, the like near the end of his, his career, the Aussie Aussie flanker, and yeah. he was playing six because for the all for the better of the team, it was better for the team to have Thomas at seven. Now, George Smith, George Smith is one of the best sevens ever in the world. And I know he's probably lost a bit of pace and he's on getting on a bit, but surely that suggests that he's got a bit of talent there. But I also think that is, you can add into the fact that he was his dad that was picking the squad. And also, George Smith was about 96 at the time, right? Yeah, uh, so he's get, he, he was getting on a bit. You're not going to play him as a out-and-out seven against some of the rapid kids that are there at the minute. But yeah, it was just a bit like... He, the he was training in between filming scenes for Cocoon, I think, when he was at Wasps. <laughs> That's how, how old he'd got by that point. Um, I'm not saying he, he's not an excellent player. He is yeah. an excellent player. I just don't know, unless there is a clear route or there's someone they're expecting to go elsewhere. It just seems a bit like, oh, we'll have him because he's available. And yeah, it, it, it's a strange one for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I think there was other positions that the Blues really needed to strengthen first. Like one to five, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, by the background, no. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, de- decent tens now, and decent nine. Nice Lloyd Williams trying to straddle both. Um, but yeah, uh, in- I, I, international I, winger and regional fly half Lloyd Williams. That's his full name now, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Thomas is coming back. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And then that sums up our news for today. The other thing that has happened today. And I think Wayne Pivak's probably in a press conference about now as we're talking. I think he was due to be in there for about two o'clock. Uh, that Wales squad's been announced for the autumns. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? You're happy? Um, <clears throat> I think there's there's definitely pros and cons to it. Uh, there's definitely um, players that should be in there. And, I'll, I'll, and the main one I'll let you mention because I know you're his best mate. Um, but yeah, there's this. For example, it's great having Ellis Jenkins back. Um, it's great seeing Anscan back in there. Um, it's great for um, and I get I, I can't even pronounce the surname for Christ to be in there because uh, as I said, as I said on one of our uh, groups earlier on, it's good to see now we've got Christ and God both in the same team. Um, so that that'll be great. Um, Tishuanza, I was told, is the... Uh... Tishuanza, is it? Tishuanza. Okay. Um, Seb Davis, why? Um, simple simple answer, simple question, why? I don't get it. Um, but yeah, there's... I, well, because I think as well, who else? I, I know there's, there's quite a lot of second rows available there anyway. There's, there's, you know, we've packed out the second rows. But I think with Seb, it's this idea as well, that he can play blindside if need be. So especially when you look at, we've got a game against Fiji in between there as well, where we'll need someone to cover the bench. I'll give some players a rest. I think he could become that man. Um, and yeah, there's not a hell of a lot. I'd be honest, going into the, before this announcement and knowing the injuries we had, I thought, ah, shit, this is going to be one of those squads you pick up and go, ah, fuck. But actually, when the squad came through, when I was at thought. Ah, that's all right, actually. I, I quite like that that squad. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I think it's just like fitness-wise and everyone available, I think it's the strongest, pretty much the strongest squad you could have picked. We add in, obviously, that I know you, got, you mentioned it earlier to, to me, but like Jonah Holmes, how he's not in that squad, I have no idea. Current form is a joke. Um, the fact we've only got one, we've got two full-backs named potentially in, in Liam Williams and Johnny McNichol. If that screams to me that Liam Williams is going to be fit for that first game. 
um, potentially. Um, that's what that suggests. Um, but to only have three wingers in, the, in there and one of which can't play in the first game, it's guaranteed. Pretty, I think it's nailed on what our back three is going to be for that New Zealand game. Um, but the only one is whether Liam Williams is fit because yeah. as I don't know when I said to you that the wording when Peel was questioned and they said, will he be fit before the Wales games? And his response was, he won't be available for us for the blocker games until then, which suggests to me that maybe he will be fit for these games. And what Peel was saying was, we, we won't have just, yeah. He's got to link straight up with Wales. He's going to go straight into that setup, and they're confident that his, his fitness is going to be good enough for him to go. And, you know, to be fair, he is that kind of player. He doesn't come back lacking sharpness. He doesn't come back lacking fitness. Mm-hmm. He is the kind of player who can come back and go straight back in. Obviously, um, it's whether he's healed fully from that. I did call... Sorry. I did call um, Johnny McNichol starting against the All Blacks. I wish... I don't think I've put it on any social media. I need to go back and check, but I'll screenshot if I need to that I called that. I thought that he'd be playing. Um, and then um, and talking about screenshots from calls made on social media, I think we've just won a little bet, haven't we, Steph? Today, well, is he buying drinks if he was included or if he wasn't included? What was the deal there? The deal was Harley worthy. The deal was that Harley was paying for the drinks for our next pod if Scott Williams is not named in the squad for the autumn. There we go, then. And he wasn't named in the squad for the autumn. Well, if I'm feeling better for the All Blacks game, it's a day on the lash, all on RV. I'll invite everyone down. Yeah, Harvey's paying for everybody. We'll go somewhere expensive. Yeah. And if he if he if he denies it, we've got the tweet recorded. We've got the tweet, we've got it all saved. We'll, uh, and and, and to, to literally phrase it, if he's not in the autumn squad, I'll pay yours and Ryan Wally's bar tab for the following R and R pod. And it's now an hour or so after hour and a half after the squad's named oh, and he's not been picked in it. So we're still waiting, Holly. We're still waiting. Well, I'm assuming this this doesn't count as the next pod because well, it, it, the, the wording was next pod after the squad was announced, which is technically this one. So, yeah, oh. we still, we still waited. Oh, I, I was pushing for a live pod somewhere where we could have a drink and do the pod at the same time. So, uh, but yeah, back to the point. I think Scott would have been in yeah. had he not picked up that, that injury. Yeah. Obviously, he's come off twice um, in Scarlet's game. So, I think uh, I think he would have been in were it not for that. And I think possibly Tompkins would have, uh, would have missed out. One thing I will say is looking at that squad is I have a feeling that for this autumn internationals is likely there's a likelihood that Jonathan Davis will go back to 13. Um, looking at the other players, I think Ben Thomas is a, is a 10 or 12. I think Willis is better as a 12. I think Tompkins is better as a 12. I have a feeling that if fit when he gets to the games, I think Jonathan Davis will be the 13. And, I, and, I th- and he's played bet really well at 13 in the first few games for the Scarlets as well. And I think it speaks volumes that as poor as the Scarlets were, Johnny Williams come off the bench and, and showed glimpses of what he can because it's the first game back. Yeah. They were beaten. They were beaten in the backs anyway. Mm. They were they were beaten being a bit like the front well, they're beaten. They were they were absolutely more yeah. by uh, by Munster. But I think we'll see that Johnny Williams Jonathan Davis partnership. For Wales, I think, and I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big fan of Johnny Williams. I think he offers a lot. I think he carries well. His distribution's good. Mm. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Willis have obviously shown what he can do, but as you've already said, my biggest disappointment is that there's no Jonah Holmes in this squad because mm. Jonah Holmes on the right wing looks absolutely devastating at the moment. Yeah, I would have definitely included him. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Owen Lee and Ball and Hand, as we, we spoke about before, but I think Jonah Holmes at the moment is looking like the inform winger. Yeah, he is. And that's look- across the board. That's including the likes of, of Josh Adams. Like, Jonah Holmes yeah. is the inform winger, yeah. He, he's played very... I know he put um, he put a kick out on the full on Saturday, didn't he? So, but after that, came back, scored two tries. Looks superb. He looks dangerous at Ball and Hand. He carries... He's, he's a strong runner as well. Mm-hmm. I would, I would definitely have had him in this squad and that ability to cover, 
cover all bases. I don't, unless they're worrying about picking up another injury somewhere, I don't really know why Ben Thomas is there. No. And I say that as I'm a massive fan of Ben Thomas, and I think he'll become a player that we'll sort of rely on in the future, but he's still young. Other than the Fiji game, I can't see where he's going to come in. No, and I think he's potentially potentially there to maybe, maybe they only go with one of Anscombe or Priestland against New Zealand and Thomas on the bench as a, as a running option for, 10, for 12 or 10 or 12 in the, in the second half. Um, I can't see it. I think they'll go with Anscombe and Priestland both, both in the 23. Um, but yeah, failing that, Sheedy's probably going to start Fiji, I would have thought. Bigger pot, potentially the other two. If and that that's if like if Anskin plays against New Zealand and we beat him, then Anskin starts every game, doesn't he? Um, well, will he do the same as as Gatlin was doing and and start with Anskin and bring bigger on then just to to see games out? I think Pig Pivak's more of a less runnable first. To open it up. Yeah, yeah, run let's run it first and then let's close it off afterwards. I think it'll be the other way around. I think. So. Um... Yeah, well, yeah, but that's that's what Gatlin was doing, sort of up until. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Bigger is bigger is the replacement. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, another one that I'm really happy to see included to hopefully finally get his cap is Wilgriff John. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Wilgriffs. I've been, and that's not for his rugby ability either. I mean, he's a good looking guy. I think. Yeah. I think he's a very good looking guy. So, especially with the beard, without the beard, less so. Sorry, Will, but yeah. I think he's a very good-looking guy. It'd be great to see him uh, turn out and see what he can do. I, I, I think in the forwards, there was. I've just had another look at it. There's two surprises for me in the forwards that aren't in there that that probably had a shout and have been yeah. playing decent in the in the start of the season. And that's Rob Evans and um, oh, what's his name? Rob Evans and uh, well, Rob Evans. I agree. He's been playing. He's been playing well. He's been carrying well. His scrummaging's been pretty good. Same as with with Dylan Lewis. I thought scrummaging was one of Rob Evans's weaknesses, mm-hmm. and he's really worked on it. I Dylan seems to have been working on his because I thought it was a massive flaw in his game, and it's not a flaw you can afford to have no. as a prop to not be good at scrummaging. So I think he's been working on that. He's been he's clearly been uh, he's clearly improved on his scrummaging and his set piece play. Yeah. Um, the other one was sorry, Josh Turnbull. Um, I'm surprised that like if somebody like somebody like Seb Davis is in there, surely Josh Turnbull offers more. I know he's slightly older, but as eight six on a second row, you probably look at that over over somebody like Seb Davis. I'm a big fan of Josh Turnbull. He takes a lot of shit, right? Mm. I think he's absolutely fantastic. His work rate's unbelievable. I think he's when we did the the pod on who do we think is going to be player of the season. I think. Josh Turnbull. If the blue, it's only because I didn't think the Blues would have a good season. Yeah, that Josh Turnbull wasn't one of my potentials. Yeah, because you know he's going to turn out week in week out. You know he's yeah. going to give a hundred percent. Generally, he's not included in these camps, so you know what he's going to do. Uh, you know he's going to be there throughout the season. Sorry, so I, I I like it. I think perhaps it is a few years too late for him to be regularly involved now. So I do think that maybe maybe it is the right call and to try and bring someone a little bit younger through and try and do something there. Um obviously you've mentioned him already. Christ Yuanza only just made his debut. I think he's playing for Exeter Uni. Yes, yeah, I saw a tweet. I sent it to a group of <laughs> He's he's found out today that he's picked in the Welsh squad for the autumn, but he's playing for Exeter Uni against Cardiff Uni in the National Uni Cup or whatever it is today. Do we think this is to just tie him down before I, he I, gets snatched away? I don't care because that's what Eddie was going to tr- try to do with Randall and uh, Paolo Dogwu, so I don't care. Give him a cap. I, he's Welsh then, isn't he? Same, I, 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 same when it comes to football with Sorbo Thomas this week. We've capped him. He's, he's Welsh now. Doesn't matter. I um I had to mute then because I was coughing, but I did. I that did make me laugh. I did like that. I don't care. <laughs> no, I really don't care. So Give him one cap. He's Welsh. That's all I'm Not like some of these people mentioning no names that are 
very open on Twitter of being dickheads um, that don't like don't like the fact that people that are not born in Wales play for Wales, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't yeah. care. He he wants to play for Wales. He's said yes to being called up. He's gonna have a cap. He's Welsh. Done. I think they've had that in Scotland this week as well. With uh, what's the the South African hooker who's seemingly going to be named in camp this week? Thor, isn't it? His name Thor, isn't it? Thor. <laughs> Thor indeed. Um, the um, yeah, the, um, it's just it's just let him play in it. At the end of the day, let him play. Well, one, one thing I will say is, is whether he's whether he's Welsh or whether he's Scottish. It's a crying shame for Javon Sebastian not being named in any of the squads. So, I mean, that was one of the most bizarre stories. Anyway, when he got called in to Scotland, to the Scotland squad. I, I'll be I mean, honest. This have... is still only Scottish-based players, I think, isn't it? In the squad they named today, I don't know. So there's still a chance that he. Oh could no, be it can't included. be because there's a guy from the Celsi Sharks in there, isn't he? I don't there's think not... he's been named, does he? Yeah, there's a guy in the squad from Celsi Sharks, Sharks, and uh, uh, on the seashore. Yeah, talk about fucking sea shanties. Um, oh, yeah, he has been named, you're right. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'll be, I'll be honest, until Javon Sebastian was named in the Scotland squad, and then I saw an interview with him about a week later, I genuinely thought Javon Sebastian was like some kind of like Spanish or Argentinian prop that the Scarlets had signed. I had no I idea. I, I spent a long time thinking he was Argentinian and then he looked into it and went, oh no, he's, he's, West he's from West Wales. Yeah. And then he got called to the Scotland squad and I'm, I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> um, but all in all, I, I think it's a pretty decent squad. I'm pretty happy with it. I don't think there's anyone really you can go, well, do they deserve a shot? I don't think there's anyone you can really call out. It is what that, it is that until had, we get players well, back. The only, the only player I will say that on form that he's played in the first three games that isn't in that squad that probably should be is Jack Morgan. I was just Hadley Parks. <laughs> um, I don't know what Jack Morgan's done to Pivac because I thought he should have been included in the summer squad. Yeah. I, I didn't understand why he wasn't included then and I think he definitely should be included now. Because like even to that, that one that one bit of play, even if you ignore everything else, the one bit of play that he did at the end of the uh, Osprey's Cardiff rugby game a couple of weeks ago where Cardiff are breaking, looks like we were all through. He lets them go through the line because he can see somebody inside is going to make the tackle and then straight away is on the ball, gets a jackal and basically Osprey's clear the line and obviously it's done then and the game's over. But yep. just that one bit of play. But yeah, it's, we, we don't really have, like Ellis is good over the ball. Maybe he wants to, maybe Ellis is going to be a starting seven. I don't know. Um, we'll obviously see, but Jack Morgan, I thought, definitely deserves to be in that squad. If if you're going to pick somebody, like if you're going to pick somebody who, for me, isn't in form, like somebody like Seb Davis, then and not pick someone like Jack Morgan who is in form, it's a bit strange. I again, I think Seb Davis offers the utility a bit more. No, no but that's what I'm saying. But like, it might be utility, but I don't think he's even playing that well. Like, he's yeah. he's potentially cost. Like he got a yellow card in the game recently. He's given penalties away for, um, like no hands in the. I'm sorry, no arms tackle for clean up from the ruck and stuff. It's for me. It's just like it's a strange one when you've got someone who's clearly on form, playing well, and has been for a year, eighteen months, and he's not even in there. Yeah, I I I think Jack Morgan should um should be in there. I hundred percent think that he, he should be included, but. Maybe maybe, yeah, I, maybe add to that maybe someone like Sam Davis as well. Um, he's playing very well good. for the Dragons. And if we were giving youngsters a chance, I think maybe Costello could yeah. be in with a shout, especially for that Fiji game. Yeah, I, I agree. Sam Costello's look very good, very mature. He's making things happen. Mm-hmm. He's, even, sto- he's even stopping good. malls. And then how, how, how mad Johnny Colt to be? Could we... Could we have included Jordan Williams? He's because if, yeah. you, if you're looking at form, yeah, exactly in form. But then we, we we know that Welsh um we know we know that Welsh coaches don't pick on form because Dan Evans has never played for Wales uh, and he's been the best fifteen in Wales for a number of years. So obviously we we know that doesn't work. Well, I um I I think he's still a, a bit weak defensively anyway. Jordan Williams will actually be included, but like I said. Uh, it's hard to weigh up, I know, especially when you sat there and you, you've 
got an idea in your head of what you want to cover, what you need to cover, and, mm-hmm. and sort of, I think you sort of pre-select what you want in there yep. as much as you can, and then and have fit some players around that. As I say, I'm I'm quite happy with it. I'm quite happy with the squad. There's one or two players that perhaps could have had a could have had a chance. Obviously, it is the autumn internationals. It's not a Six Nations as well. Be as the unpopular opinion ones who are are they just glorified friendlies? Um, but no, I'm I'm fairly happy. I'm fairly content. Yeah, it's and, it's, uh, it's a it's a fair. It, it, I think the majority of the squad is what like I said. It's named strongest possibly we probably could have on fit on fitness with injuries depending. But there are just maybe two, two or three that you go. What? Well, why is he in or why is he not? And um, should we leave that there? Because I feel like oh, Jared Evans must feel the minute because my ribs are fucking killing me. Yeah, I've coughed quite a bit to this. <laughs> so through the powers of mute and editing, hopefully we'll be able to cut all that out. Um, I did say we'll record this in part, so I will speak to you again later. Yep. But for now, Sarah. Sarah. Welcome back. Time for part two. So, we'll do a as yet untitled quiz of the week. So, Wall still with us for the as yet untitled quiz of the week, and then joining us special guest for this week, Emily Campbell's with us. How are you doing, Em? All right, thank you. So, we brought Em on because obviously Hugo Monia is on strictly at the moment. Had a difficult time first week. How was he done since then? I haven't watched it. <laughs> you have. <laughs> the second one, he was better. And then we were out on the third one. Um, so I don't know. But um, I'm just loving all the Hugo and OT um, rumours. I'm a big fan of that. You said it from day one, didn't you, that they're going to get together? I think so. I think Hugo and his wife are split up. I reckon that's, that's going to happen. OT's married, though. Ah, he's not as Hugo. Right. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. So. And to talk about the important stuff. I'm going to give you either or questions based around rugby players turning up on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. So are we ready? Mm-hmm. So first up, Welsh Lothario, star of everything reality for about five years, Gavin Ensign. So I want to know, did Gavin Ensign have more clubs in his career or more weeks on Strictly? Do we answer at the same time or what? Nah, it's not that serious. Oh, okay. What do you think? Super Gavin Ensign had more clubs or more weeks on Strictly? I want to say Strictly because I think he had like nine or ten, he was on nine or ten weeks. I'm sure Strictly. Don't give him a clue. Oh, no, go on. I, I am going to say this isn't including his rugby league career. This is union. Clubs only. Uh, he was on Strictly more. I I think he's like was on Strictly for like nine or ten weeks. Because he did didn't he do quite well when they got clubs. Clubs is about eight, so it's got it's close, but Strictly more. Strictly. We both going Strictly. Yeah. I can tell you that he had ten clubs Aww. in his rugby career, and eleven weeks on Strictly. So <laughs> point each. Is there twelve weeks on Strictly then? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. I know they start off on about 16 people and they end up with about four or five and or three or four, don't they? So it will, yeah, I guess. So, next up, England winner, if I can say it, England winger. Yeah. And Strictly star Ben Cohen. Did he have more weeks on Strictly or did Johnny Wilkinson kick more drop balls at the 2003 Rugby World Cup? I'm going to say Wilkinson drop goals. You're gonna go drop goals. I don't mm. want to give a great. I don't want to keep saying the same thing, but I think What's the same then? thing because I don't really remember him on it. So I'm gonna go, Johnny. You gonna go for drop goals as well? Yeah. How many How many drop goals do you think Wilkinson scored? Well, seven. It's not a bad shout. He scored eight. But Ben Cohen was on strictly for nine weeks. Oh. And at some point, you are gonna have to pick something different. <laughs> <laughs> We record a quiz and it ends a draw, it's fine. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just playing for the draw. I'm just going to go for the same. So up next, not only did he dance on Strictly, he danced the Hack Arena, which went down really fucking well. So Matt Dawson got to the final 
and in the final he did three dances. Yeah. His overall score oh, for those God's three dances yeah. come to more than points he scored in his international career. Right, well, and I'll give you a clue. He made 77 appearances for England, Mm. and then I've got you seven tests for the Lions, but I'm not 100% sure what that number that is. Can I ask a question? Yes, oh no, I'm not going to ask this question because I think it's going to give Wally a clue, so I'm going to keep quiet. Well, wait until he gives his answer, and then you can ask a question. I think. Because uh, Matt Dawson kicked for a while as well. There was goal, there was like cons and penalties he would have kicked. Um, no, I think I think Strictly is higher. You think Strictly is higher? Yeah, because working on the average of it being three judges, four judges, sorry, and he's done three dances, he could have got up to 120, which he wouldn't have. So I think he's got more points on Strictly. So I'm going to go with rugby points because... He, I think he was before the four judges. I think he was three judges. So say it's like he gets nine on each thing. That's twenty-seven. So twenty-seven times three. So I'm going to go rugby. Well, I'm going to say I think there was four judges. Oh fuck! Because he scored a hundred and five points in the strictly final, and he's got a hundred and one points for England, and then another ten for the Lions. So he's got hundred. <laughs> <laughs> So it was more points in his international career. I'm intrigued as to when they introduced the fourth judge now. They've always had it, surely, no? Nah. It was definitely four early. I I know nothing about the technicals of Strictly. (laughs) I I haven't watched Strictly properly for years, but in the early years, they definitely had four judges. Oh, did they? They've swapped one of them each, like, quite regularly, but they've always been four. I was too young. (laughs) Welcome to the Strictly Come Dancing podcast. (laughs) A straight shoot on this one, nice and easy. Gabby, Kenny, which one lasted longest? I we've know. Had, we've had this conversation before. I know. Kenny, because Gabby was shit and she went early. It was Kenny, yeah, Kenny, definitely. Kenny lasted nine weeks, Gabby lasted four. Yeah, I knew that. Which, doing this, I is still more than, two more than uh, Carl Vorderman. Carl Vorderman lasted two. And, you know, me and Vorders, we Best mate now, isn't it? Best buddies. Yeah. Um, hmm. Next up, Austin Ely. Did he have more weeks on Strictly or more weeks presenting ITV game show The Fuse? What the fuck was that? <laughs> For those who don't remember The Fuse, okay. nor does anyone else, <laughs> possibly including Austin fucking Ely. <laughs> what was that about? It, uh, it was a game show called The Fuse. That is all I know. It's got to be strict, you know? Shall we see if we can find out what The Fuse was about? Okay. I'm guaranteed you Google The Fuse and it'll just come up with a picture of a fuse. Oh, uh, it came up with something <laughs> totally random and I've got a fucking clue what it was. Uh, so it had, it had different gameplay. So there was six in a row. Burnout. If a player's fuse is lit and they answer a question right, their fuse stops burning. And the player's fuse that isn't lit starts burning. If a player's fuse is lit and they answer wrong, they lose 10 seconds from their fuse. If Boring. a player's fuse is unlit and they answer a question right, their fuse stays unlit while the other players keep burning. But if a player's fuse is unlit and they answer <laughs> oh a question wrong, their fuse starts burning. It's as simple as that. Yeah, how, as- how, does the, how does the board game work, though? <laughs> then there was firefight, and then the wow. final round was called the final fuse. Um, I guess, uh, since okay. I've let you randomly added it, I'm just going to go with the game show. You're going to go with the game show? Yeah. Well, Strictly. You're going to go with Strictly? Yeah. I can tell you, there were 10 episodes of The Fuse. I know. And he spent 12 weeks on Strictly. So that makes it three all. There's always going to win, though, because technically there was 10 episodes too much of The Fuse, so there was always going to be Strictly was a winner. Than a tiebreaker, man. <laughs> um, so as is tradition, as always happens for an either or all quiz, Tom Evans starred on X Factor Celebrity and also on Strictly, but we're looking at his time with TriStar, yeah, and of course, 
the banger of bongs, the questionable user of Snapchat filters, Brother Max. Did does Tom's effort with TriStar no diggity have more plays on Spotify than Max has Instagram followers? <laughs> Who's got more? Is it TriStar's plays on Spotify or add it together? Instagram followers or just, just no diggity because we all know that's the seminal TriStar classic. Didn't Wally search this once? I feel we had this conversation. I included ago. a question on when we did the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. I thought so. That was this and that shit that James asked that I can't remember what it that's was. That's right, yeah. Rigged. That what... Rigged. Rigged, that's right, yeah. So who do we think? Tristar's plays for no diggity or Max's Instagram followers? His Instagram's quite fruity at times, isn't it? Not as pretty as the videos he didn't put on it. No, exactly. That everyone else saw anyway. Uh, Tristar. Well, I'm conflicted because I'm thinking if you search no diggity, like you might that might come up. Well, so, he's like, gone Tristar. And this is the final one. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, your average sort of Instagrammer. You're looking... Nah, I'm going to go Instagram. You're going to go Instagram. That helps me a lot for this quiz. <laughs> that you've gone for something different to worry when it's all died. I can tell you, Max has 47,000 followers on Instagram and Tristar have 35,000 plays well, on I Spotify. I, was 30, I for some reason thought it was 36,000 on Spotify for some reason, so I'm happy with that. So M wins the quiz for this week. Wonderful. Good effort, Walls. I'm going to let up my cough. That's the the, as yet untitled quiz of the week. Um, Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Tara. So, Wall, we finish off as we always do. Winners and wankers. Uh, Who's your your wanker for this week? Um, my wanker for this week is not a personal choice. Um, it's going to be a choice on behalf of several friends of mine, uh, and that will be Wayne Pivak. Um, <laughs> one, because he hasn't chosen Jonah Holmes for a good friend, Gavin, uh, and yourself. Uh, two, for a friend of the pod, uh, Kate Jarvis, the likes of Owen Watkin haven't been picked. The likes of Sam Davis haven't been picked. Um, personally, a lot of the squad, like I said earlier on in the pod, was pretty much nailed on in regards to injuries. There's no sort of big calls, I would say, for me personally, but I know they are massively annoyed and massively pissed off that they uh, he hasn't been picked off, especially Gav. I think he's a bit distraught when he saw that Johnny Nickel was in the squad and John Holmes wasn't. Uh, yeah, a lot so, of messages of Gav. Um, yeah. I think, um, somebody, I think someone needs to check if Gav's all right, to be fair. Don't don't you be throwing my name in there as well. Like I'm quite I'm quite happy with the squad. I would have included Jonah Holmes, but that's yeah. about it. I I not distraught. No, no. I, I would have included him. I think he's in good form. I think the question comes down to like, I think he's got to play on the wing. Would you have started him on the wing? Then is a question. So, mm. but I would have had him in. But I I'm a big fan of Owen Lanes as well. Yeah. So yeah, and they're both good guys off the pitch. The, the, the dealings I've had with them have been superb, so I'm not too bothered. My wanker for for this week is another news that broke in between us recording in three separate sessions, <laughs> uh, and that's that the RFU and Premiership are basically wiping their hands or washing their hands of anything to do with the fact that Exeter Chiefs, all the calls for them to, to change their branding or just to drop the addresses, to drop the chanting, are just going to be ignored. They're not going to cave in the face of, of wasps coming out and making their statement and asking basically that they step in and do something about it and mm-hmm. do something as a collective. Um, the collective is they doing fuck all. Yeah, they're collectively doing shit all. Uh, a typical show of rugby values, yep. as we, we've come to expect. So that's the biggest wanker for me this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm. It's shit. It's mm. shit. Uh, my winner for this week is uh, Superman. Superman's my winner this week because the new Superman is now Clark Kent's son and is apparently uh, going to be by yep. in the new comic. Came out um, on... No, it didn't come out on by visibility. It came out on Will Mental Health. But, um, 
I think it's absolutely fucking fantastic. There's some kid somewhere that may not find the strength to be able to come out themselves, whether it be as bi or be as gay or be as a lesbian. There's someone who may find that inner strength to come out, someone who might not be bullied by fucking homophobic dickheads. And when we talk about homophobic dickheads, there was a lot of them on social media around the announcement. People yeah. who are completely fine with the fact that an alien can come down, create a fake personality to essentially groom a woman, being a completely different species. But then if he kisses a male, that's too far. They can't get their fucking heads around that. Just the same as when Doctor Who was a woman, they couldn't work their heads around them, as well as they couldn't work out an alien having a vagina, or a woman being a doctor, or a woman being able to use a screwdriver, whether it's fucking Sonic or not. So my winner for this week is Superman sticking there to the man and fucking absolutely brilliant. It's superb. And anyone who says, well, I don't really care what his sexuality is, well, then it's not fucking about you, so don't worry about it. Just shut up and read the comments. Yeah. So that's my winner for this week. Um, and then my winner, um, again, as we mentioned, obviously we're doing this pod in a couple of stages through today. Um, about half an hour ago before we jumped back on to report, record the last bit, um, it broke, um, not about Welsh rugby, but Welsh football, um, the news about David Brooks um, being diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma stage two. Um, he's a 24-year-old footballer, professional footballer. Obviously, a lot of people will turn around and say things like, He's well off. He's got a good background behind him. He's got he's an international. He's got a club. But at the end of the day, he's a human and he's got cancer. Um, everyone gets affected by it. So yeah, we just wish him him the best. Yeah, and um, a, a friend of mine's son has recently been diagnosed with exactly the same thing. And I know that obviously cancer is something really close to you and something that's affected you a lot. So yeah. well. so loads of support for for David Brooks. Absolute brilliant player as well. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get good news from that in the future. But yeah, all I support with him. And that's it for us. Thanks all for putting up with me, complaining and moaning and having to take rests in between recording an hour and a half of that podcast. <laughs> it's, not, it's not been ideal. Hopefully I'll be back if you my best. Long COVID. Oh, wankers this week. Long COVID. Fuck you, you prick. Because it is absolutely horrific. I need to add another wanker in there as well because I've 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 been pissed off by it as it is when I've seen it happen in the past, in the last few months. Um, especially those who live in or anywhere around the M25 or 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 London. But um, I personally was affected this morning by those fucking numpties who sit on the floor with their fucking high vis coats on. I was stuck behind some traffic. Thankfully, it was all cleared within about ten minutes, but. Honestly, these fucking idiots need to get a life ban. But do you have insulation? Um, I do. A lot oh. of it. If you look, if you just look at my pictures of me, I've got a lot of insulation. I don't need anything else. <laughs> you mean you personally have the house? Yeah, no, me personally, <laughs> I have a lot of insulation so they can get fucked. I want to get to work. Did you wander to the front and explain that though? So like no, I'm well insulated. I, ju- right? I just I just sat I just sat in the car and genuinely my only thought in my car was if I was at the front and I'm, I'm driving. There wasn't other cars in my way. I'm sorry, I'm I'm going. So yeah, that was my only thought today. Cheers, that. and that's where we'll end it then. So thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Wally, for for coming on and saying put up my shit. Well, uh, I'm not well. I don't know how much longer it's going to be like this. Hopefully, not too much longer because I'm really struggling, and we'll get back to normal soon. Cheers, all. Thanks. Bye now. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you've stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us not just here, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.